Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, Summit family, good morning, Summit Nation. All right, what y'all doing online? Okay, let me, let me check this feed here. Praise the Lord. So glad for everyone that's joining us, our Summit family and visitors, guests, friends, partners. We are glad you are here. If you are, if this is your first time attending Summit Church, yes, and we're, we're not in the building, but we're having church and you're attending. So if, if this is your first time, uh, please let us know. We want to know who you are. And if you're watching from somewhere outside of Summit Nation, which right now consists of Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, and we do have, uh, I believe we have mem members that are outside of the Fort Wayne and Indianapolis area. Please let us know if you call Summit your Church home and you're outside of Fort Wayne or uh, Indianapolis, let us know, please. If this is your first time and you're watching from somewhere, as I said, outside of Fort Wayne or Indianapolis, please let us know. I miss y'all so much, Summit Church, Fort Wayne campus, and uh, I don't see the Indianapolis folks, but... Uh, I, I miss seeing y'all here, praise the Lord. And um, technically, we can have a full church, according to the governor, and, um, but we're using wisdom as an, an under-shepherd under Jesus. My responsibility is to care for the sheep or the flock. So I want to uh, be the best, best pastor I, I can be, and uh, I have your, your safety and your, your care um, at the forefront of, of my uh, attention. So, um, and, and that's, or, or at the forefront of my focus. And so we're going to gradually um, allow people to come back in the building. And so just stay tuned and I'll have uh, more information about that, okay? Praise the Lord. I can't wait to see you. Actually, uh, our church anniversary is May 31st. I would love to uh, have that to be our first, uh, our, our comeback uh, celebration. So praise the Lord. Uh, but we'll see. We'll, we're going to be led by the Spirit and use wisdom. Mothers, wasn't that awesome what Carla shared? Oh, man. That's, that's just awesome. That's just awesome. So I want to say as, as a pastor, uh, you heard from Pastor Carla, but for me, happy Mother's Day to all you amazing mothers, whether you're part of the Ch Summit Church family or you're just visiting and you're a mother. Um, I commend you and I celebrate you. We all, Summit family collectively, celebrate all the mothers. So wherever you are, mothers, amazing mothers, just give yourselves a hand. Praise the Lord because you are amazing. You are, you are valuable. The first woman to see Jesus after, or the first person to see Jesus after he rose from the dead uh, was uh, Mary Magdalene, Mary from Magdala. The first person to see Jesus after he rose from the dead, was a woman. Awesome. Praise the Lord. 
All right. Um, okay, where y'all watching from this morning? Huh? Okay. I see, I see folks online here. And this is a good time to share because I have an awesome message. And um, we're going to get into it in just a minute, but we're going to say a confession. I want you to repeat this after me. I am the disciple who Jesus loves. I am my father's favorite child. I am the apple of his eye. I am well-pleasing in his sight. I receive the love that my father has for me. Everything I do and touch shall be blessed because I am the beloved. I am loved, righteous, blessed, prosperous, redeemed, forgiven, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, prepared, qualified, motivated, valuable, free, determined, equipped, empowered, anointed, accepted and approved, not average, not mediocre, holy, flawless, without blemish, blameless, and free from accusation. I am a child of the Most High God. I will become all I was created to be in Jesus' name. Whoo, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, man, um, I want to give a shout out to all of our amazing uh, media team who uh, worked to get this um, upgrade going. We, we just upgraded. I hope you could you saw some of the transitions that we had. We were, we were able to show the band, and, and we'll get better with it. But um, I want to give a shout-out to all our media team and, and uh, Pastor Hudson, who came in and uh, guided the installation, oversaw the inf in installation, and uh, Steve Olford, and, uh, Tim Smith, Shemaine Jamison, Fifi Jamison, and uh, anybody that I left left out people that came over here to uh, assist. I, I'm am I leaving out anybody? But um, it was like an all-day thing on Saturday. And um, so we, we really appreciate all of the help, all the, the assistance. Mary was in, involved. Uh, she came over. And so, um, but uh, thank God. We, we are, we're upgrading things around here. And we're still, and your giving helps us to be able to do this. Amen. And uh, we're, we're, do, we're doing wonderful. Uh, God is sustaining us uh, and not giving us just enough during this pandemic, but he is giving us more than enough. Amen. Thank you, Lord. There's more to do if you'd like to participate and you, you would like to, to give and, and help us with these upgrades uh, we appreciate it. We've got some good news. Um, we've got some re really, really good news. Um, we can replace all these lights. There's 30-some lights surrounding me right now. Um, it takes a lot. We, we were able to do some things years ago to set us up to be able to do what we're doing online and, and have a quality, uh, a, a quality uh, feed or quality streaming, okay? And so uh, it was just a 
a series of things that, that God prepared us for and had us to put in, into place. And he, he's the one that oversaw everything. Thank God. It, there's nothing like being led by the Spirit. And even though we didn't see the pandemic coming, God saw it coming. And so he led us to put certain things in place in diff at different periods of time. And so right now, um, some of this equipment hasn't been up upgraded in over 10 years, 10, 12, 15 years. These lights were put in, into place uh, years ago, but we need an upgrade. The good news is uh, we can replace these lights. These are not LED lights. These, these are kind of old school, not kind of, they are old school lights, stage lighting, all right? The good news is, and, and we're paying an insane amount of money uh, to the electric company because of these lights. And the, the praise team can tell you how hot they are because some of them are up here sweating. Sometimes you might see them with a towel. I'm the only one that don't sweat because I'm so cool. <laughs> I'm so cool that even when I sweat, it's a cold sweat. Okay. So, but, but seriously, though, the good news is we can replace all of these with LEDs. And it'll, it'll be cool up here. No, no more heat. The electric bill will go way down. And uh, we had a guy come in and show us on Friday. And I said, give me an idea how much these lights cost. Uh, the bad news is, he said, $1,000. $1,000. That, that woke up Siri on my iPad right there. Not, not $1,000 for all of them. $1,000 for one. Okay, and you know when they, when they charge for lights, they don't have, like, church prices. I mean, they might have a little tiny discount, but they don't, oh, you're a church, so we're just going to bring you the lights. Lights cost the same, I mean, these are not lights you can go down to Walmart and get because the lights have to be, wow, I know you can get some LED lights for $100, Pastor. Not these kind of lights that, that, that's going to give us this, the kind of, uh, lighting on stage that we need to be able to bring excellence when we when we are doing what we're doing. Okay, these lights work fine. It's just that we're we're paying more than we need to be paying because they're not LED. So we eventually want to upgrade to that. So I'm not going to talk a, a lot about that. I'm ready to get into the word, and I'm not trying to 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 uh, twist your arm. See, giving is should be sweatless and free. I have never, in 30-some years that I've been pastoring, I, I, I've never begged for money, and I never will. And God has already, always provided. All right. Praise the Lord. Matthew 11, 28. <clears throat> um, I just want to op open. This is not my message, but this uh, is just an appetizer. All right. From the Message Bible, Matthew 11, 28 through 30, are you tired? I want to speak to people who have been under religion and have been told that you got to do better, you got to try harder, and uh, you got to do, 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 do. See, religion says do, grace says done. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? That's a lot of folks. 
This is Jesus speaking. He says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. See, the new covenant is resting in the finished work of Jesus. The new covenant is all about receiving the Father's love, resting in the finished work of Jesus. Jesus said, I'll, I'll, take, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Not how religion does it. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn, he said, the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And um, I want to show you, I'm going to read some statements I've got here in the front of my Bible. This is from uh, Trisha Gunn, okay? And uh, this is so good. This is what life looks like under grace. Listen to these statements. Under grace, we have nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to gain because we have it all. We're complete in Christ. Nothing to lose, no one to convince. God can handle that. <laughs> No one too impressed because the only one who matters thinks you're pretty special. We don't need followers because we are secure in him. We don't need man's approval. We are marked with joy and peace. We are free to serve we don't have to serve. We're free to serve and free to, to love. Listen to this. We don't need a position or title. Some folk would get upset if you don't call them bishop and apostle or prophet. <laughs> but under grace, we don't need a position or title. We are free to, to succeed because we're free to fail. <laughs> and here's the most important one. We are free to hear the voice of God for ourselves. Thank you, Lord. That's what life looks like under grace. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to jump into today's message. Uh, this is the, the, the eighth message on the believer's authority. I'm repeating myself a lot on purpose, and I encourage you to write these things down because when you understand these things, I'm going over and over and over again a lot of these points because I want to, to uh, get these things firmly fixed in your heart, okay? And so, once you understand these things, the devil is through 
dominating your life. You are a king, so act like a king. We are to reign in life as kings. We're going to go back over that because I want you to understand that you're a king. You ain't got to take it no more. What? The mess from the devil. You should be walking on the devil. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Remember, we've been raised far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Well, I thought that was Jesus. Yes, that was Jesus, but we were raised with him, and we were seated with him. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. See, everything Jesus did on the cross, who did he do it for? He did it for us. He was all good. He didn't have to come to the earth, but he did it for us. He already had all authority. But he came to give all authority to us. See, Jesus, before he left the earth, after he rose from the dead, and before he went to be seated at the right hand of the Father, which we're about to read about, he said, all authority has been given unto me both in heaven and on earth. He already had authority in heaven, but he came on the earth to give the authority in the earth to you and I, the church, which is the body of Christ. The church is called, according to the word, we'll read it in a few moments. The church is the body of Christ. Jesus left the authority on the earth with the body of Christ. And we're to be exercising authority over all the works of the devil. Amen. We have already been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. God has already done all that he's ever going to do about the devil. And I want to talk to you about your authority, not some great pastor, not some great prophet, some great apostle, some great evangelist, some great, great teacher, Oh, I know these people got authority over the devil. These cer certain pastors, certain uh, evangelists, certain prophets, man, they spend so much time with God. I know they got authority over the devil. I want you to know that you got just as much authority over the devil than anybody else. You've got just as, just as much authority over the devil as Peter did. You have just as much authority over the devil than Paul. Thank you, Lord. You have authority over all the power of the enemy. I'm just warming up today. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited about this because I want you to get a hold of this. See, when you are exercising your authority, see, this is not prayer that I'm talking about. See, authority is not talking to God about your problem. 
Authority is talking to your problem about what the Word says. And I believe in prayer. I pray. Okay? There's a time to pray, but there's a time to use your authority. God has already done everything he's going to do about the devil. You remember me saying that? <laughs> okay. A thousand times? Okay. So what does that mean? That means you got to do something about him. Whatever you bind on earth, whatever you lose on earth, heaven will back you up in it. Authority defined is a, a state of control over something. And, and we have authority in the name of Jesus. And, and that name has authority in three worlds, in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, where the devil is from, okay? And the devil recognizes that authority. You ever watch those FBI movies or movies where, or movies where you got the FBI or the CIA in them and, uh, or just, or, or, or the police, and they go by somebody's house and somebody answers the door, okay? And uh, people look at them like, you know, I want to talk to you later. Like, who are you? And then they flash that badge. Okay, then, then okay, now, now they, they know that, okay, these, are, these, these people are, are in authority. I better pay attention to them. Okay, so that's what we have. Our badge is the name of Jesus. And, and, and all hell recognizes that name has got to bow to that name. Your sickness has to bow to that name. Because Jesus' name is above every name. Okay, I shared a lot. Let me put some scripture with it. Ephesians 2, 5, and 6. Even when we were dead, notice chapter 2 is right after chapter 1, which said he's raised, Jesus was raised far above all principality, power, might, dominion, and every name this name. Not only in this world, but also in that which is, is to come. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved. Now stop right there. That word saved doesn't just mean saved from your sin. Saved means delivered, protection, soundness of mind, prosperity, healing. You can say, by grace you've been healed. By grace you've been prosperous. Even when we were dead in our trespasses, God made us alive, watch this, together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and has raised up, verse 6 says, raised us up with him. See, we're identified with Jesus, raised together, raised up with him, and seated us. Notice with him is mentioned twice. God wants us to see that everything that Jesus did was for us. We were raised and seated, seated us with who? With him. Where? In the heavenly places in Christ. So, 
We were raised when Jesus was raised. We were seated when Jesus was seated. We sat down with him. And all authority that was given to Jesus is given to us. Hallelujah. So where are we sitting? Far above all principality, power, might, dominion. What I'm trying to tell you is the devil can't mess with you. Amen. And we need to, we need to get after the devil. <laughs> Amen. I said we need to get after the devil. Run him off of people. Not just our, this is not just for ourselves. Run him off of people's lives. Can we do that? Well, before Jesus left this earth, what did, what did he say? He said, in my name, you'll cast out demons. He didn't say the pastor will do it, and the pastor can because he's a believer, because he said these signs will follow those who believe. Are you a believer? Well, you can do this stuff. I'm going to address, just hang on today, because I'm going to address an area. Something just was uncovered to me. The Lord showed me an area that we need to exercise authority over the enemy that, um, that, that it's just like you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. And uh, here's an area where we need to use our authority over the enemy. I, I can't wait to share that with you. Okay, now, we were raised when Jesus was raised. Ephesians 6.12 says, for we do not wrestle, let's look at that, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. In other words, demons and evil spirits. We don't wrestle against humans, but against demons. But guess what? We are seated above them. Remember? We're seated above them. We're in heavenly places in Christ where we're safe and secure. Thank you, Lord. Now, I, I want you to see this. Now, I said this, but let me say it again. Nobody, see, you have as much authority over the devil than anybody else. The, the, the least member in the body of Christ. See, in this new covenant, it's interesting that, that God says in the new covenant that all will know me from the least to the greatest. I look at, look at it like, I mean, there's nobody littler than anybody else in the body of Christ. The way I look at this is the least to the greatest. The person that just got saved, the person that just got born again, has just as much authority as anybody else in the body of Christ. No matter how long you've been a Christian or, or no matter what somebody's title is. The person that just, did you hear what I said? 
The person that just got saved has got just as much authority over the devil than any prophet, any apostle. Now, some of these folks, they shudder at that because they, some people, they like to, to make you think that they've got some kind of special place in God that you don't have. But I want you to know that every believer dwells in the secret place of the Most High. You know what, where the secret place is? In Christ. You are in Christ Jesus. You have the same authority as anyone else. You have the same authority as the Apostle Paul had. You have to. <laughs> because you have the same authority as Jesus. Because we, we're joint heirs with him. Now, some, some people think, I'm, I'm going to circle back and talk about how some people think when we're exercising authority that, that we are trying to make God do something. No, God has already done it. God has already defeated the devil through Jesus. The devil is already, already defeated. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can you say amen? The devil is already defeated. Like the example I gave you about the power company. Okay, I mentioned about these lights in here. When we came in here, I mean, the electric company supplied the power but we turned on the switch. If the electric company didn't supply the power, there's nothing we could do. All right? When we are exercising our, our authority, it's us and Jesus together. We're not doing it on our own. All right? We're just taking possession by faith of what has already been provided by grace. Grace has already freely given. The power, see, if, if God has not, had not already supplied the power, then our faith wouldn't, wouldn't do any good. But he supplied the power. So all we got to do is flip the switch. That's what our faith does. It flips the switch. It's not making God do anything. He's already done it. The, the power is supplied. Can you see that? Okay, Mark 16, 17, I mentioned this, and these signs will accompany those who believe. It didn't say these signs will accompany the pastor. It didn't say these signs will accompany the prophet. These signs will accompany those who spend at least a, a, a 16 hours of prayer every day. No. These signs will accompany those who believe. This is our only requirement in the new covenant is to believe. Believe what? Believe what Jesus has already done in his finished work. He that believes interests. And he that believes ceases from their own works. What kind of works? Trying to earn your acceptance with God. When you enter into rest, you, you understand that God is already pleased with you 
God has already accepted you. And so you just rest in that. The disciples asked Jesus one time, what must we do to do the works? We want to do the works of God. He said, believe. Next question, please. Thank you, Lord. See, believe in him whom he sent. In other words, believe in him. See, we made this thing too complicated. Just believe. Believe what's already been done. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They, who's they? Those who believe, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. goes on to say, if you keep reading, uh, one of the things is they shall, uh, they'll take up service. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You can see that in verse 18. We won't read further, but these signs follow those who believe. From the least to the greatest, you have authority over the enemy. James 4, 7 says, submit yourselves. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. The word flee means to run away. The devil, when you exercise your authority, you you're resisting the devil. When he comes against you, don't be afraid of the devil. He's nobody to be afraid of. Why? You've been, have you been listening? We're raised far above. That's why I keep on emphasizing that. You need to understand where you are. I don't know where I am. I'm in Fort Wayne. I'm in Indianapolis. I'm in Los Angeles. No, you see, you got to realize that you are you are seated with Christ, ruling and reigning with him with all authority that's been given unto him has been given unto you. We have authority in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And remember what I said about the name of Jesus See, some, some Christians, they, they, they've been Christians so long that, that, that the name of Jesus don't mean anything anymore. They, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. <laughs> but but what, what do, do you ever stop and think, what does it mean when you say in Jesus' name? It means when you take authority in Jesus' name, it means the results are not based on who you are. And what you've done, the results are based on who Jesus is and what he has done. Thank you, Lord. We're just standing our ground. Having done all, stand, resist the devil, and he'll run away from you. This authority that you have is yours whether you feel like it or not. Man, the, the police officer that stands in the middle of the street and has that badge, the illustration I use, and, and they reach their hand out, and when a truck is coming and the truck stops, that authority is theirs whether that officer feels they have the authority or not. Let's say that, so let's say that, that officer is the first day on the job, and they may, may be a little hesitant to go out there in that street. It's the first day on the job. But you know what? 
the truck will obey when that person puts their hands out, even if it's on the first day on the job. Because they, on the first day of the job, that officer has just as much authority as the officer who's been there for 40 years because it's not how long they've been there, it's the badge and what's behind it. Hallelujah. See, it's not about you. When you resist the devil, you might, your knees might be shaking when you do it. Like that officer on the first day, their knees might be shaking, standing in the middle of the street and that truck is coming. But you know what? That truck recognizes the authority. The devil recognizes the authority that you have even if you've only been saved for one day. He has to recognize the authority because it's not about who you are. It's not about what you've done. It's about what Jesus did when he finished the devil. Thank you, Jesus. 1 Peter 5. Man, I love to drill down in the scriptures, man, and pull out these golden nuggets. Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary. The devil. He's the adversary. Adversary means opponent, enemy, plaintiff, accuser. He's the one arrayed against you. It's the devil. See, we'll come back to that adversary. Your adversary, the devil. You, know, you need to understand that your, as we've read, your weapon is not, not that person coming against you on, on the job. That's, that's really not your enemy. That's not your adversary. You've got to understand, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. See, the devil don't like you because of who you represent. <laughs> See, he's coming after your face. See, the Bible never tells us to fight the devil. He tells us to resist him, as, we, as we, we've read, right? It says, cast him out. We read that. Okay? Ephesians or James, uh, James 4, 7. Mark 16, 17. So, cast him out, resist him, give no place to the devil or no opportunity to the devil. We're going to read that one. All right? And then walk on him. Is that in the lineup today? Yeah, walk on him. But the devil never, or, or excuse me, God never tells us to fight the devil because he's already defeated. So what do we do? We're fighting the fight of faith. It's the faith fight. That's what the devil is after when he attacks you. He's after your faith. He wants to shut you up. He ain't shutting me up. We getting after the devil. We putting him on the run. When you walk into somebody's house and they're, they're laying on the bed sick, the devil shudders when you come in. You need to understand that. When you know who you are, he's like, uh-oh. Uh-oh. She's here. They tremble. The devil, the devil's tremble. He ain't no big deal. 
And when I say the devil, I'm talking about demons and evil spirits that, that bind people up, including the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Okay? But he can't mess with, uh, one translation says, seeking whom he may devour. Someone who will let him run roughshod over them. But we're not one of them. See? Because we know who we are. So, what the Bible says to do is resist him, in verse 9, resist him in your faith. What, what, what does that mean? Resist him in your faith. Faith in what? Same thing I've been talking about. Faith in the finished work of Jesus. See, we're, we're not to fight the devil. When you fight the devil, you're acting like the work is not, all, is not finished. Oh, man, that's some good stuff. You, you, see, you, you, you're, you're acting like the work is not finished, but it's a finished work. Hallelujah. Now, let's go back to this definition. And see, people talk about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is resting It's not fighting the devil. Spiritual warfare is not fighting the devil. We don't need to fight him. He's already defeated. So spiritual warfare is resting in the finished work of Jesus. That's too simple for people. Oh, no, no, we got to go in there and we got to fight the devil. <laughs> no, he's already, it's a waste of time. He's already defeated. Let's just rest in the finished work of Jesus. See, the, the enemy, now here's, the, the, this, here's, here's what was revealed to me the other day, and it was, it was very simple, but I, I didn't look, it wasn't really a part of this series until the Lord revealed it to me, an area, the, the Lord is, was saying to me, here's an area that we need to exercise, that the church needs to exercise authority over the devil. And that is when he comes to you accusing you about something that you've done, about a fault or a sin or a shortcoming. Because guess what? I'm going to make sure ain't nobody looking when I tell you that. We all sin. See... <laughs> Jesus didn't redeem you from sinning. He redeemed you from, from sin. Which means we're, we're, we're going to sin in terms of sinning as a verb. He dealt with sin as a noun. And he forgave us all our sins, past, present, and future, which includes all the sinning that we will do so that when we sin, God is not holding it against us ever. He will not be angry with us ever according to Isaiah 54, that same chapter that tells us 
No weapons formed against us shall prosper. The same chapter that says, in righteousness you shall be established. God said, I swore, I swore that I will never be angry with you. God is well pleased with you because it's not based on what you do. It's based on what Jesus has done for you. So he'll never hold your sins against you. Thank you, Lord. And so one of the areas that, that he comes against you uh, or one of the areas where we need to use our authority, a, this is a biggie. This is not a little deal. This is a big deal. Because one of the things that, that one of his strategies to weaken you and to keep you from being bold as a lion, to keep you from using your God-given rights and privileges, the thing that, that he does to try to keep you from freely receiving God's favor and God's blessings is trying to accuse you of something that you've done and tell you that you have disqualified yourself because of something you've done. We don't qualify for the blessings of God. The Bible says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. We're already qualified for the blessings. We're qualified because of Jesus who has qualified us to partake of the inheritance. Okay, and when he accuses you, you've got to make sure that you're standing on grace ground. Because under the new covenant, it's this new covenant is a covenant of grace. This gospel that I preach to you is the gospel of grace. And we need to stand on grace ground, not on performance ground. See, the devil, I like this definition uh, of, of him being our adversary. This definition, this word stuck, stuck out to me. He's a plaintiff. A plaintiff is a person who brings a case against another in a court of law. And what the devil does, I, I watched this um, episode of, of Blacklist. That's, that's one of uh, Carl and I's favorite shows. And um, they were uh, bringing in uh, Mr. Reddington, Raymond Reddington. Okay, and they were bringing in, he's a, a no notorious criminal on the FBI watch list. But He's partnered. The show is about him partnering with the FBI because he's helping them catch other criminals. So he has some grace on him <laughs> where they're not bringing him in because he's helping them. So um, one of the criminals uh, apprehended him, and, and, and he, like, woke up. I guess he, they knocked him out or whatever, and he woke up in what appeared to be a hospital, which, would, which appeared to have doctors and nurses. And, and he woke up, and there was what appeared to be a detective in the room questioning him about things. It looked real, but it was just a mock setup. It wasn't even a real hospital room. They were fake doctors and fake nurses. The detective was fake. It was a staged situation. And I, I, I thought about that because when the enemy comes as our accuser, 
It's a fake courtroom. It's a false courtroom because the system had changed. When he's trying to accuse you in the courtroom that you don't deserve the blessings of God because of what you did, that was true under the old system of the old covenant. But that court system has been closed. <laughs> there's, there's yellow tape on the, on the front of the building. <laughs> it's like, do not cross. And it's all boarded up. Because that court system is over. But what he does, he sets up these little fake and false he stages a courtroom and he, and he acts like he comes accusing you as the accuser. Oh, that reminds me of Revelation. The accuser of our brethren have been cast down, who accuses them before God day and night. He ain't got no access to the throne of God no more. He's your accuser and he's been cast down. Oh, hallelujah. I feel like Brother Hagin said, it wouldn't take much. If anybody remember Brother Hagin, he would say, say this often. I sat up under him at Raymond. He said, it wouldn't take much for me to have an East Texas brush arbor spell. I have no idea what an East Texas brush arbor spell is, but sometime when he said that, he'd take off running. But the devil, he's, he's, a, he's a plaintiff. But what we've got to do is stand on grace ground. I'm going to give you an example of not standing on grace ground. Here's, here's what the Christian life should not look like. This is when you are standing, like many believers do, on performance ground. They think that God blesses them based on their performance. Under grace ground, you know that you're blessed because of Jesus. You know you're accepted because of Jesus. When you're on grace ground, you know you're approved because of Jesus. When you're under grace ground, you know that God is well pleased with you because of Jesus. Now, uh, Romans 6.14 says, For sin will, not, will, will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. See, we're under grace. When you're under grace, sin's not going to dominate you. Because we're under grace. But see, when you're under performance, okay, you are never going. Now, the devil's already defeated. But understand, in life, you're not going to beat him when you're standing on performance ground. When you're standing on performance ground, you're living based on the law. Okay, and the law, it's, it's not just the 613 laws. It's not just the Ten Commandments or the 613. <clears throat> it's the principle of the law. Do good, get good principle, okay? Um, like in Colossians, it says, you know, man-made laws. Man -ma religion makes up stuff. Taste not, touch not, handle not. Do all of these things, God will bless you. That's the principle of the law. See, now, if you're under the law on performance ground, 
You can't beat the devil because, did you know the devil has a law degree? He, he's an expert. He don't even have to reference any, any uh, manuals and books and court cases. He is a master of the law. You, you, you can't beat him on that ground. Because no matter what you do, he's going to show you an area where you're missing it. Because guess what? We, ha we all have areas where we fall short. We, we all miss it from time to time. Okay? And so what to, what to do is you, you, you've got to, to, to put him on the run. You've got to stand under grace ground. For example, when you, when you mess up, let's say you lie. Don't say, well, it wasn't that bad a lie. It wasn't that big a lie. No, he gonna, he gonna, he's an expert in the law, and you can't beat him on that ground. Well, he's going to whoop your tail on, there, on that ground. Said, no, it was a lie. Or you say, well, you know, what I did wasn't that bad. It's, it's not as bad as what many people do. And I, I, I do, my, my, the good that I do in my life, it, it outweighs this, the bad stuff that's going on. It's like, no, the devil will, he's an expert in the law. He's going to show you, no. You felt you 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 guilty of that, and so you you're not gonna beat him on that ground. You understand what I'm saying? You, 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 he's not gonna do it because he's gonna always point out some area where no, you're wrong. Okay, he's he's got to come back on that. Somebody might say, well, notice the I. I fasted all week. This week, this week, I fasted all week. I, I prayed two hours a day. I read 10 chapters a day. I know God's going to bless me. I know God's well pleased with me. Well, even with that, see, you're on, on performance ground, and you think God is obligated to bless you because of what you've done. What you don't realize is he's already blessed you. And he doesn't bless us based on what we do. And even with that, the devil will point out, well, yeah, you read the Bible, you fasted, you prayed, but, but look at this over here. You misspoke to your wife. Or he might leave you alone that week. And then next week, when you forgot to pray for two days, <laughs> or you didn't pray and you didn't read the Bible, here he comes with that law. See? God ain't really happy with you right now. You did, you did all that stuff last week. Look at you now. Look at you now. Look at you now. See, that's when you're standing on, on performance ground. You can't beat him on that ground because he's an expert in the law. The only defense that you have is grace. And when you lie, you just say, well, I lied. But you know what? God is still pleased with me because of what Jesus did. And guess what? I still expect the blessings of God. The devil said, no, you can't get blessed because you lied. 
You're not going to get that promotion you want on your job because you lied. And that disqualifies you. He's like, no, devil. The Bible says give thanks to the Father who has qualified me. I'm not qualified because of what I did. And I don't disqualify myself because I lied. I'm qualified because of what Jesus did for me. I'm blessed because of Jesus. That's grace ground. Furthermore, devil, you know what? Even after, the second after I lied, God is well pleased with me, and I am still loved, and I'm still accepted, and I'm still approved. Nah, 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 nah. What you think about that? He got no defense against that. Amen. The only thing the adversary, the devil, the plaintiff, the only thing that he has no defense against is grace. When he comes to accuse, take your authority over him. Thank you, Lord. Tell him to go. I'm blessed because of Jesus. Get out of here, devil. You're resisting him. And he'll flee from you. Now, here's something that's real tricky. But see, once, once we expose him, I'm going to expose all his little tricks. He'll try to make a, make, make a thought sound like it's your thought, but it's actually his. Like when you mess up and you get this thought, and you're like, man, I messed up. I know I, I can't expect God to bless me. See, I. It's the devil. That's the thought of the devil. But he, he made it seem like it's yours. You got to take authority over that. See, once you know what the word says, you're ready. You're armed with the word of God. And you can stand against that thought. When, when you find yourself with this thought, you hear this thought in your head, God's not pleased with me. You cast it down. You resist it. No, God's well pleased with me. Even though I sinned, I have been forgiven. I was forgiven 2,000 years ago for what I just did. And I'm accepted and approved because of Jesus. I'm going to say it so many ways that you, you, can't, you can't mess this up. All right. Ephesians 4.27, and give no opportunity to the devil. See, you've got to do that. You're the one that's got to give no opportunity to the devil. If you don't take authority over the devil, now make sure, if, if, make sure you're paying attention to this, right? Read this out loud with me. And give no opportunity to the devil. If you don't take authority over the devil, there's nothing Jesus can do about it. When the devil is coming against your family, against your wife, against your husband, attacking your body, attacking your, your finances, if you don't take authority over those things, there's nothing Jesus can do about it. What you're doing by not exercising your authority, you're giving the devil permission. Again, God has done all, all that he's ever going to do about the devil. Colossians 1.3, excuse me, Colossians 
See, you've already been delivered. Look at this. And has, and has, or he has, has, past tense. You know what? Your deliverance will take place speedily when you understand you've already been delivered. He has, past tense, delivered us from what? The power of darkness and conveyed us. One translation says, translated us into the kingdom of the son of, what's those last two words? The son of his love. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, the love that he has for his son is the same love that he, that he has for you. He loves you as much as he loves Jesus. Our acceptance, Ephesians says, we are accepted where? In the beloved. The measure of our acceptance is the measure of Jesus' acceptance. Thank you, Lord. You getting some out of this? Ephesians 1.22, and he put all things under his feet. It's dangerous not to start my clock, but <laughs> okay. Let me, let me finish this up. And it's put, he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. The church, which is his body. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus is the head. We are the body. Jesus put all things under his feet. The feet are located in the body. The body, as I shared earlier, is the church, which is on the earth. Jesus is in heaven at the right hand of the Father. We're seated with him. But physically, his body is on the earth. That's the church. The feet are located in the body. So when he says all things are under his feet, the body's on the earth, Feet are in the body, that means all things are under your feet. Again, the least member in the body of Christ, all things are under your feet. Luke 10, 19, behold, I give unto you. I give, I've given you, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Behold, I've given you now, we've been over and over and over this particular scripture, but I want you to focus on one word here. I've given you. That's everybody has power over all, over all the enemy's power. Romans 5, 17, Amplified. For if by one man's trespass lapse, offense, death reign through that one, much more surely those who receive God's overflowing grace, unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting them in right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, 
the Messiah, the anointed one. That means, man, we are to reign as kings in life. When, 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 what does that mean? Reign as kings. How does a king reign? Because he has a authority to do it. We reign because we have authority to reign. See, when you reign, poverty can't reign. When you reign, sickness can't reign. Glory to God. Philippians 2.19, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. When did he exalt him? When he raised him from the dead. And back, well, back to Ephesians 1.22, it says, And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. See, he wasn't made head over all things to the church for his own sake or for Jesus' sake. He was made head over all things for the church's sake. Listen to this statement. It's for our sake that he's the head, that we, through him, might exercise authority over all things. I'm going to say that again. It's for our sake that he's the head, so that we, through him, might exercise authority over all things. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give God praise. Thank you.